Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, man, it's great to have you in the house. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor and just want to say welcome to all of our Faith family and all of our guests, man. It's great to have you here in the house. Can we welcome our Faith family up in Lawrenceburg? Good to have you guys. Everybody else watching online, man, we hope that God shows up, whether you're here in person in Lawrenceburg watching online, that God will do something radical and great in your life. Come on. How many people here know that we serve a great God that can do anything if we give him the chance and the opportunity? Come on, man. His grace is greater than our sin. His power is greater than our struggle. Come on. One more time. Let's give God our best praise. Come on, Faith Church. Well, listen, I just uh, have a confession to make out of the gate, and that is that I hate, I hate trying on clothes. I hate going on. So I hate changing rooms. Come on. Somebody needs to give me some sympathy out of the gate because I'm about to get exposed on the platform. I don't know who's designing clothes. But I know they're not my size. I have really long legs, big thighs, huge, huge biceps, and just makes it, makes it so difficult. I'm telling you, I, I hate going, but I refuse, uh, I refuse to take clothes home and have to take them back. So every now and then, decide to go get something new and have to go through it. And I'm just telling you, it's painful at any time trying on clothes in a changing room. I'm likely to lose my, uh, my salvation uh, or my self-image, or both, you know, through the process. And so my wife, sometimes she'll, she'll go and she'll help me out. And so I went several months ago and was trying something on. I was doing this layered thing. And so I'd put on a long sleeve shirt, button it up, and I'd put on a jacket over it and look pretty good. And so I decided this is it. I'm going to buy this. And so it, it's a little tough, you know, trying to pull a jacket off over a shirt. So I thought I'll separate them, you know, once I get it off. And so I went to take it off, and I slid it off my shoulder, and I pulled my arm out, and it came all the way to the cuff, and it didn't come off. Uh, okay, well, no big deal. I just get this, and I couldn't reach because it was behind me. And so I thought, well, I'll just get this arm out first and free this arm out. This is my life, people. This is true. So I pull this one out. I pull it all the way. The, the shirt is inside out hooked on my wrist. And I'm in, a, I'm in a little changing room. There's nothing I can do. Wives, if you're ever there helping your husbands, like this will help you. Stay within shouting distance. I'm like, Shauna, Shauna. Like the, like the change. She's like, sir, sir, can I help you? I'm like, no, no, it's good. <laughs> Finally, my wife came and she's got to come in and like undress me. I mean, it's embarrassing. I'm a grown man and I'm in there. My wife has to help me get a shirt off. I come out like I'm sweaty and hot. It's like, what have you been doing? Like, it looks like I've been wrestling a bear in the changing rooms. It was so horrible. I just, I boycotted the store. I blamed them. It's their clothes. But here's the, here's the crazy thing is my wife had to come and get me out of that predicament. My wife had to come and set me free from that silly trap. And what I want to talk about today is just that, is that some of you have been caught in some silly traps. You've been caught in some traps, and we're talking about the traps are what Jesus calls offenses. Everybody shout offenses. Offenses are such a big deal currently in our culture. It almost feels like, you know, offenses are getting more intense. It just seems like they're getting greater. And did you know that Jesus tackled the topic of offense? Last week, we started this series, Thin Skin, and we stepped into some things, and here's what Jesus had to say about the topic of being offended. He said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, he said, and then, referring to the time that he's getting ready to come back, 
that many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Now, we talked about this last week, but just real quick as a recap, being offended is more than a political position. It's more than having empathy about someone's situation. It's more than being upset about something or someone who's done something to you. Jesus, when he talks about this idea of offense, he really points to it as something deeper than emotional. He makes us known that it's really a spiritual issue because the word that he uses for when he says that, 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 uh, that many are going to be offended, it's this word to be trapped. Like we get caught in, our, in being offended or another word, it's, it's a stumbling stone. So when Jesus talks about you and I, come on, being offended in life, which we get offended, he's saying this, that every offense is an opportunity to be trapped in or tripped up. When offenses come your way, when you choose to take the bait and get offended, he's saying most of us, we get trapped. Sometimes it's only for a moment. Sometimes it's for a month. Sometimes we get trapped for a lifetime in wrestling with the offense. And so today for a few minutes, I want to talk about how to get free from the trap. Because I believe that God wants every one of us in this room to walk in the peace that he has for us, the joy that he has for us, and he wants us to live life and life to the full, and we cannot do that caught in the trap of offense. Think about it, man. Offense, again, is more intense than it's ever been. It's almost like in the last decade, it's just gone off the charts. People are offended at everything all the time. We're offended at politics and policies and politicians and we're offended at people we're offended at policemen we're offended at pronouns we're offended at walls and statues we're offended at people's sexuality we're offended at people's politics we're offended at everything you got religious people are offended at atheists and atheists are offended at christians and you have vegans that are offended at people like me who enjoy to eat meat come on somebody like everybody's offended at everything all the time and what I said last week was this, is that you have an American right in this great country to be offended. It's your right. Not only as an American, but as a person. God created us with a free will, which means you have the right. If somebody hurts you, takes advantage of you, betrays you, if you disagree with something morally in society, if you disagree with your neighbor, your family, your friend, you have the right to be offended. But what we said last week is this, is that offenses have expenses, that there is a true cost to being offensive, and it's more than just being upset. Last week, we talked about that it costs us some level of peace in our life. It costs us, as Christ followers, some level of God's presence in our life. And really, I think when we walk in offense, I think it compromises our purpose in life. And so I would encourage you, if you weren't here, to go back and check that out. But today I want to talk and to dig in again a little bit more in this idea of how do we get free? So if you're here and you're mad, upset, angry at community, culture, society, your neighbor, your coworkers, your employers, employees, if you're offended at President Trump, if you're offended at Biden, if, you're, if you are upset, mad, and offended, today I want to talk about, again, how do you get free? Well, first of all, we have to really know what an offense is. Again, it's Jesus. He paints the picture that it's this trap, but really it's the gap. Everybody say the gap. It's the gap. The gap is this, is we get offended when we have a level of expect, expectation of how people will behave, how they'll treat us, and how reality happens. 
So the gap between what we expect and what we experience is offense. We expect a certain level of morality from culture. And when we see a segment of society living to a moral standard that we disagree with, we get, come on, offended. There's a gap. When we look next door and we don't like this color, we don't like this religion, we don't like this creed, we don't like this politician, again, if, and it's, it's sometimes, again, as simple as the person who's waiting on us in a restaurant. When we expect this and experience this, come on by, shout the gap. The gap is where we get offended. I would say it this way, that unmet expectations lead to frustration. Uh, uh, an offense is really nothing more than a disappointment. It's just on a very personal level. It's more than just being disappointed. It brings a certain level of pain and anger and frustration. But again, it just starts with this idea that all of us in this room are disappointed. So let's jump in. Listen to this. I'm going to give you some really great news. Jesus, come on, people know that Jesus tells us some good news. Here's some good news right here. If you're taking notes, you can write this verse down. It'll encourage you through the week. Luke chapter 17, verse 1, listen to what Jesus says. Then he said to the disciples, which that's us. If you're a Christ follower, you're a disciple. This is to you. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. I know you said, I thought it was good news. I lied. That's horrible news. Jesus is saying this, that it is impossible to live this life without opportunities to be offended coming your way. He's saying offenses are coming. Like, I don't know if you know, but they showed up and knocked already coming here, right? Opportunity to be offended all over this place. Some of you offended because the coffee line was too long, too slow. Offended how, like, some people drive in this parking lot, how can they love Jesus and drive like that? I ask the same question myself. We have parkers that swear every week, Pastor, I almost went to heaven today. And we get offended. We get offended because people didn't talk to us. We get offended at all kinds of things. And so Jesus, Jesus is like channeling Oprah here. He's like, hey, this week, you get an offense. You get an offense. Everybody's getting an offense. Offense is going to happen today. It's going to happen this week. Opportunity of offenses are coming. He's saying, in fact, it's impossible to live this life and not experience an offense. However, I want to tell you this out of the gate, that there is a difference between offenses and being offended and they're not the same thing an offense is a noun offended is a verb offense is what they do offended is how you respond offense is what happens on the outside offended is what happens in the inside and we live in this culture where it almost feels like we are supposed to live offended but what I want you to know is your opportunity to get offended is not your obligation to be offended. Just because an offense is going to come your way, just because somebody does you wrong, just because you don't agree with society, just because you don't like the politics and policies, there's going to be lots of things where you have a chance, where there's going to be a gap between what you expect and what you experience. Jesus said, no doubt it's coming your way, but just because you experience an offense doesn't mean you have to let it in and get offended because every time you do, you took the bait and you fell for the trap. And so how do we, if we've taken it, how do we, how do we get free? How do we walk out of it? Because I know myself, man, it is, it is really easy to get offended, isn't it? Yep. I mean, offenses come my way, and way too many times I take the bait. <laughs> way too many times I trip up. Way too many times I fall for it. And so Jesus challenges us. He's saying, hey, man, 
Again, you don't, have to, you don't have to live offended. You don't have to live this life. Contrary to what culture and community and society is telling you, you do not have to live offended. I think there are things that demand our attention that we will talk about and weep for. I think there are some things that, as a society and a culture, we should have a voice to. As Christ followers, we should address. I'm not saying that we turn a blind eye to anything we disagree with. But I think in large part, many of the things that we are offended by that have captured us and trapped us and tripped us up really in the long, big scheme of things are silly. And we've allowed ourselves to be robbed of our peace and robbed of our purpose in a way that's just not really necessary. Now, again, it's, I, mean, I can give lots of examples. I, I say this from time to time and people get offended that I say this. And so, again, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get offended, but you don't have to take it. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man, being, being a pastor is a challenge. As, as, as our church grows and we see hundreds of people and thousands of people, really what it is on me is there's thousands of expectations. You expect how I should behave and how I should handle myself and how I should carry myself, how my kids should behave, how our marriage should look. Like, he should drive this kind of car, but not this kind of car. He should live in that house. He should live in a nice house, but that not, not. He should dress like, right? And it's all these expectations. And I'm just telling you, listen, all of your expectations, sometimes I struggle with. But I want you all to know, some of you, you're crazy too. <laughs> not you. Not this group. Lawrenceburg, not you. We're talking about the next service. This is for them. This is not you. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Sometimes, man, I have opportunity because of, expect because of the gap. I buy into the offense, and I get offended. Sometimes I think Jesus in heaven, like, let's, let's see how he'll do with the Joneses. Send the Joneses to faith. And I'm like, Lord, no. If your last name is Jones, take that personal. <laughs> we went down... Um, couple maybe last year or so I, I can't remember if we were in Atlanta or Memphis but you know my, my son he's a sneakerhead and so there were some new shoes dropping and he wanted these shoes so we took just a weekend trip and we drove a few hours away to the mall and we go to this huge mall and we pull in and this has happened to all of you guys this happened to me pull into this mall it is swamped it's busy and so I drop my wife and my son off at the door and I decide I'm gonna go find a spot uh, come on drop him because chivalry's not dead baby that's right Things went well that night. Anyway, so, so I thought, man, this is going to take a minute. So I drop her off and drop my son off, and we're circling around. And at some point, like, I'm, like, driving through this parking lot for, like, 15, 20 minutes. I cannot find a spot. It's crowded. I'm thinking my wife thinks I probably went home, which has happened before. And so finally I see as I'm coming up this one lane, a spot is about to be free. There's this lady walking there, and she gets in her car, so I come around. I think, man, this is all mine. And I pull around. There's nobody coming up the other way. I turn my blinker on. When the spot starts to open up, I start to sing. You know how you sing and get excited after the door opens? Come on, God wants us to praise before it opens, not after it opens. But when I see a spot, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. God is good all the time, all the time. God, is, favor's not fair. Lord, you opened up the heaven and shower blessings on me. And this car pulls out. And I'm telling you, just I'm getting my blinkers on. I'm just in peace. I got elevation worship music on. This car comes ripping around the corner. It zips in in front of me. I was, so, I was, I was astounded for a minute. And this lady gets out, and I just rolled down my window just to have a pleasant conversation with her. It didn't. I had no intent. This is this something. This is a true story. It's horrible. 
I just wanted to know, you know. <laughs> my first response was to get out of the car because that's my old nature. But I seen it was a lady that got outside, rolled the window down, and she immediately starts yelling at me. I didn't even do anything. So I just started telling her. I was like, what, what would Jesus do? I'm telling you, that's the, that came What would Jesus do? Treat other people the way you want to be treated. And when she's saying this, in my mind, I'm thinking, this, I can't believe she just jumped in. And I was going to get out and just talk some more. And like four big, large men got, it was like a clown car. Like they just kept coming out. So I was like, <laughs> But I want you all to hear this. It ruined my entire day. Because it was like a three-minute kind of confrontation. I should have, you're right. Don't write me no. You should have kept going. I know that now. <laughs> but I just wanted to let her know I was unhappy. But it ruined the entire day. I was frustrated the whole day. Here I am. I've taken the day to spend with my wife and my son. And it ruined, how people know what I'm talking about? And so here's what I want you to know is that, again, offense is going to come your way. Offense is not your resp responsibility. Being offended is your responsibility. Others are responsible for being offended. You're responsible for being offended. They're responsible for their offense, which means offenses are going to come. You decide if they stay. Offenses are going to come around you. You decide if they're going to get in you. Offenses, they're going to come this way this week through your business partners. They're going to come through business deals. Offense is going to come through relationship. They are all coming our way. We have to decide if we're going to be a victim to the being offended, if we're going to allow it in, if we're going to allow it to overtake us, if we're going to fall for the trap. If we do, it's your choice, but it's going to cost you something. And as your pastor, I just want you to know it's not what God wants us to walk in. It's not what the Holy Spirit has for us. God has for us peace and joy that being offended will rob from you. And I just came to say, no more. Come on, somebody. No more. Which means some of you might have to stop posting on social media or shut your social media down altogether. You might have to turn off CNN or Fox News or whoever you watch. Like, it's a challenge that all of us go through. But how do we do it? How do we get free from being offended? How do we, how do we deal with it? How do, we, how do we walk through it? Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21. Come on, Lawrenceburg. He says this. Do not pay attention to every word people say. Or you may hear your servant cursing you, for you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. So the writer of Ecclesiastes, he says this. He says one of the ways that we deal with this situation, he says don't pay attention to every word. He's saying if you live your life hyper-focused, if you put every day, if you put politics under the microscope, what did, what did he tweet today? What policy is being talked about today? If you pay attention to everything everybody says, it heightens the gap and makes you more open to being offended. So the writer of Ecclesiastes says, quit, quit being so hyper-focused on everything around you. Quit paying, paying attention to every circumstance, every detail, every conversation in the workplace. He says, he says because if you pay attention long enough, you're going to see something. Now, in this context, he says, like the king, if he listens to every word everybody's saying in his king, eventually he's going to hear one of his own servants cursing him. If you pay attention long enough, you will find a reason to be offended. But he says, you know what? The flip side is, you know yourself, many times you've cursed people. 
He's saying the same way other people are offending us, I got news for you, we are offending other people. We got to make a choice because, again, we are not responsible for being offensive. We are being, we're responsible for being offended. And so how do we do it? How do we walk free? If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three things. This idea, if we're going to deal with the, being offended, we have to have a good defense to the offense. What do we do when the offense comes? You have to have a good defense to respond to the offense. First one is this right here. <clears throat> Love's the first line of defense. Everybody shout love. Love is the first line of defense. Now I'm going to give you three pad, these are three pad Christian answers. I'm not going to say anything really profound today, but I want you to know these are three God answers. These are three Christ-following solutions, how to deal with being offended. So if you want to walk in, off, in offense, if you want to battle and live your life losing your peace because of what you're offended about currently, it's your right. But if you want to walk free from the trap of offense, the first line of defense is love. It's wedding season, so we probably have already heard this. If not, we're aware of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, listen to what Paul says about this idea of love, what love does for us when we walk in it. He says, love is patient. I want everybody here to read this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Watch this. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Come on. Can we give a hand for love? Come on. Now, I just want to flip the script, and I want to take out the word love, and I want us to put in the word offense. God calls us as people of faith, as Christ followers, to walk in an attitude and an atmosphere of love. And as we do, it addresses situations. It deals with people. And I want to take the word love out, and I want to put in the word offense. And I want you just to hear this. Offense is patient and kind. No, it's not. Love is not jealous, or I'm sorry, offense is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. That's exactly. Offense is very rude. It does not demand its own way. Yes, it does. It's not irritable and keeps no record of being wrong. Have you ever noticed when you're offended how you keep the record? how you know exactly who did what to you when. You can rehearse the conversation. You can say, this is where I was. I'll remember the day. It was a Friday. It was in the middle of June, and this is what they said to me. Offense keeps a very clear, accurate record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Offense never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. No, that's not true. Offense is the first thing to give up on people. We give up on people who don't dress like us, live like us, have sex like us, believe like us, have the color of our skin, have the politics of our preference. We give up on them immediately. Love doesn't. Come on, somebody. Love doesn't. Another translation of this is that love gives the benefit of the doubt. When we see what somebody does to us, instead of immediately believing the worst, 
What love does is love believes the best. Maybe, just maybe, I don't know, maybe the lady didn't see me there with my blinker on. It's possible, but I'm going to assume, the, I should have assumed the best. Maybe they didn't mean to say it that way. Maybe they didn't mean to hurt my feelings. Love, come on, everybody say love. Love is the thing that closes the gap. Remember I told you what the gap is. The gap is the difference between our expectation and our experience. Did you know that we have a gap with God? That God has an expectation of how we live. And come on, how many people know that his expectation isn't always our experience? Come on, how many people know that we have a, anybody here have a gap in their life between what God expects and how we behave? There is a gap. Do you know how God deals with the gap? God deals with the gap between him and us with love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God covers the gap with love. And as people who are Christ followers, you know what we're called to do? We're called to cover the gap of other people with love. Love covers the gap of disappointment. 1 Peter 4.8 says this, that love covers a multitude of sin. Which means when it came to between our relationship between us and God, we didn't move God's way, God moved our way. And the same thing is true with the way we are offended with people. The way that we close the gap isn't for them to vote the way we vote, to agree with us about morality. It's not up to them to move our way. As Christ followers, we are called to move their direction. I'm not saying behave their way or even believe their way. I'm saying to cover the gap of relationship, it's covered through love, which means they don't move our way. We move their way. Stop being immovable because you're being offended. Free your feet up and free your heart up. To walk in love. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, it echoes this as well. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. So it's easy to say, I, I hear you because I'm in the same battle you're in. This is easy to preach. It's hard to live. But the way we address the offenses that are going to come our way is that we love. We give the benefit of the doubt. We believe the best. We have faith in that relationship, that situation, and that circumstance. Second line of defense, again, having a good defense to the offense. Forgiveness is the second line of defense. Everybody say forgiveness. It is the big F word in church. We would rather say the other F word than forgiveness. We'd rather talk about the other F word, but we as Christ followers are called to the big F word, forgiveness. Think about, again, Jesus. He said it's impossible for offenses to come. Do you know Jesus experienced offenses? He lived his entire life experiencing offenses. Let's just talk about the last week, about the level of offense that Jesus experienced. Jesus experienced Peter denying, Judas betraying him, false witnesses lying about him, his disciples running from him, the Romans beating him, and ultimately being hung on a cross and crucified. Now, this is just me, but if I was Jesus, someone would be catching some lightning bolts from my fingertips. That's what I'm saying. I mean, imagine the offense that Jesus experienced, the heartache and the hurt and the disappointment. Imagine the gap he came to love, he came, he healed, he taught, he met people in moments of 
disappointment and disease. Jesus healed and delivered and set free and for his life of love, he was beaten, mocked, and hung on a cross. If anybody has ever experienced offense, it was Jesus. But how did Jesus deal with the offense? You got to have a good defense to the offense. And you know what Jesus did with all the offense that came his way? Hanging on the cross, looking at the Romans who beat him, mocked him, and hung him, looking at some of his disciples that were there in the crowd denying him, others who had dispersed. Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Everybody say, forgive them. You need to think about the person that you're offended at, the political culture, the people you disagree with, from your white ivory tower of moral elitism. You need to forgive. Because if not, you open your heart up to the offense, and you become, and I become, the offended. And so Jesus can forgive through everything he went. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's the call. Have you thought of this, that think about it, Jesus, he is our example. He's the one we're following. He's the one we're supposed to be like. I'm not there yet, and neither are you, but how people know that we are in the journey of maturity? And our call is to steadily become more like Christ. And I have found, and maybe you found too, that God will allow me to experience things that are exposed where I'm not mature yet. God will send things sometimes my way or allow things in my life to expose where I still need to grow up. Did you ever think that maybe the reason you're in a season of offense is because God recognizes that's where you need to grow up? God, we need to be quick to forgive and slow to be offended. And so God sometimes will allow offense to come our way, not so we'll take on the offense, but so we'll take on the forgiveness. And so maybe, just maybe, maybe, this crazy culture of offense is for the body of Christ. Is anybody with me? Maybe it's a wake-up call to us that not something's wrong with them, something's wrong with me. It's not exposing how they're wrong. It's exposing how I'm immature. And so God calls us to throw up the line and to deal with it. Now, I, I just want to be very, very clear here today. I, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm minimizing your hurt or your struggle. I know it's real. Colossians chapter 3 says this, since God chose you to be holy people. Again, that's what he chose us to be, holy people. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance. Close the gap for each other's faults. How? Forgive one another or forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. See, the power of forgiveness is not about forgetting what somebody's done to you. It's you going free. Forgiveness doesn't keep you from being hurt, but keeps you from staying hurt. Every one of us in this room have our own story. Some certainly more emotional and painful than others. When I say just forgive, please don't hear me minimize your pain. 
there are people in Lawrenceburg and watching online that you have experienced a life without a father and or mother, or you've experienced the betrayal of a friend or the infidelity of a spouse. And those things are absolutely offenses. And I don't mean to say, hey, just get over it, grow up. I'm not talking about the serious offenses. I'm talking about the silly ones. However, forgiveness is still the answer. Again, it, it won't change. It won't change what happened to you yesterday, but it will begin to change how you live today. Forgiveness is an incredibly powerful thing. Think about the reality that the simplicity of forgiveness through Christ is what healed the gap between him and I. Imagine what forgiveness can do if you'll really walk in it for the gap between you and someone else. It doesn't mean you have to be friends again. It just means you get to go free. So offense is a weight and it's a burden and it's a thief. And Jesus just says, hey, forgiveness really is the answer. Forgiveness, forgiveness is putting that person in God's hands. I don't have to be responsible for him anymore. I trust God. I trust God to do his business. And if he chooses to give them mercy the way he's given me mercy, I didn't deserve it either. And if that person chooses not to repent, then they'll give account for the way they treated me, the same way I'm going to give account for how I've treated others. Forgiveness is releasing that person to God and saying, God, I trust you to work it out. I refuse to carry the burden anymore. Second line of defense is just being forgiving. I choose to let go. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Everybody read these first three words. Come on, get rid of. That means you have to do some spring cleaning in your heart if you've carried the offense. Come on, some of us have been offended since George W. Bush was in office. I mean, offended at Clinton and offended, offended. Come on, man, it's time to spring clean your heart. Some of you are offended at family members and some of you are offended at workplaces. Some of you are offended at church people. Listen, it's not worth it. It's time to spring clean our hearts with the power of forgiveness and get rid of being offended. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. Come on, read it with me. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I went, um, <laughs> we were moving. I mentioned this. I probably, this would be the last moving story, probably. It's unlikely, but maybe. So we packing this box up. I bent down. We're moving. I picked this box up, and unbeknownst to me, like I pick it up, and when I pick it up, I feel this extreme pain in my leg. I picked it up. There was a machete sticking out of the edge of the box, and it just dug into my leg and probably about a five or six inch gouge. And so I took a picture of it and sent it to Reed. He's a our drummer. He's a he's director of surgical nursing. I was like, Do you think I should get stitches? And he's like, yeah, probably, but he was going to come help us move. He said, I got, some, I got some surgical glue. We'll put some surgical glue on it. So I said, all right. And, uh, well, we couldn't get it closed. And so for several days, I was just putting bandages on it, whatever. And the ladies around here, our office staff, um, even though I'm the pastor, like, they're all my moms. Like, Miss Donna. Miss Donna is the team mom. If you don't know Miss Donna, let's give it up for Miss Donna. <clears throat> I got to say this real quick. My wife, it's her birthday today, man. We show her some love. 
Thanks, you just saved me from buying a gift. Anyway, so <laughs> don't get offended. <laughs> I'm just telling you, every week I go home and I think, there's like eight things I shouldn't have said. If you ever wonder, does he ever regret any of that? I do. But there's no take backs from the pulpit. Anyway, so, so the... Like, the lady's like, how is it? Is it healing? And so finally, um, they, like, talk me into going to the doctor. I'm like the typical dude. Like, I'm not going to the doctor. I don't need to go to the doctor. And they're like, it just looks bad. It's swollen. It's red. And so I go to the doctor's office, and now I'm telling this lady why I'm there. Like, I feel like I have to justify myself while I'm there. So I'm like, you know. And so you can tell this lady thinks when she sees this wound, it's going to be, like, gangrenous and, like, my legs falling off. And when I finally took the bandage off, she's like, eh. I almost felt bad I went to the doctor then. But she's like, no. Yeah, if you don't take care of this, though, a greater infection will set in, and you can lose your leg. And so gave me all kinds of antibiotics and creams and whatever, and I just I walked out, and I think, you know, I really pushed back against dealing with that because I minimized it, and had I not been aggressive with it, it could have cost me something. Some of you just need to hear this. Some of you are minimizing the offense in your life. And if you don't get serious and deal with being offended, it is a poison in your heart. It is a thief, and it can cost you far more later than maybe you think it's costing you now. So the last thing I want to tell you, the third line of defense. First of all, come on, everybody, say love. Love, love, again, it gives the benefit of the doubt. Love covers a multitude of sin. Forgiveness, forgiveness is once you've walked in the offense, once you've opened your heart up and you've become offended, how do you get free? You get free through forgiveness. And finally, number three is God's power is the third line of defense, which means if you're here and you don't know how to get free, You've, you've done all that you know how to do, and like you are still weighted down by the burden. You're mad at a business partner. You're angry at a neighbor. You're frustrated at a family member. Listen, whatever your issue is, you got a memory holding back in your heart, and man, it brings pain and anguish to you every time you remember it. You're disappointed in spiritual leaders. You're mad at a pastor. Come on, if you're upset at an ex, at an ex listen, I want you to know something. Offense came your way. You opened up your heart, and you become offended, but God is the one who can set you free. I believe his power, he's able to do anything. There's nothing that's impossible with God. He can break every chain. There is not, come on, hear me, there is not a lock that the devil's ever made that God does not have the key to. He has the power to set free. He has the grace to deliver. He has the mercy to meet you where you are. And if you walked in and as I'm digging around and poking with this message, like I've hit a sore spot of offense in your life, listen, open it up to God. Allow in this moment that I'm going to walk out free even though I walk and bound because that's what God has for you and that's what he's able to do is to set the captive free in fact Jesus said this in Luke chapter 4 as we close Jesus said you want to know why, why I came this is it Luke 4 18 he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to bring good news everybody shout good news good news to the poor he sent me to proclaim that captives will be released the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And so all across this room this morning, if you're here and you be honest enough to say that you need a better defense to the offense, offense has come your way and you've taken the bait, you've fallen for the trap. How many people here be honest enough to say they need a better defense? We need to be a little quicker to walk in love and forgiveness, a little slower to get offended. I'm going to pray for all of us here in a moment, but 
real quick, if you're here and you walked in with a significant offense, like you're offended today and you're not sure how to get free and today you want to walk out of here free, I would love to pray with you. I want you to jump to your feet. Come on. If you're in this room and man, there's an offense in your life, you're offended at somebody, you're, it's costing you some family, it's costing you some relationship, come on. Come on. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. You standing up doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a candidate to be free. God can't take something from you that you won't give him. God won't take something from you that you won't give him. I just want to pray for you, and I just want you just by faith say, God, take the hurt, take the pain, take the offense, and I'm just going to believe with you by faith that the Spirit of the Lord is going to minister to you in this moment. You're going to walk out of this place free. And so, Father, I thank you today for the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. That God right here, I believe, is moving in this room. And, Lord, by just a simple prayer of faith, I pray over every person in Lawrenceburg, over every person here in Florence standing. I pray in Jesus' name that, God, you would break the chain of offense. That, God, the hurt it's caused, the pain it's caused, the destruction it's caused, Lord, I pray every story, every validation that, Lord, is backing that offense up. I pray, Lord, the power of that thing would be canceled. Lord, even though you won't change the past, I pray, God, that they would be set free for the future. So, Lord, I pray, God, no more offense. I pray in Jesus' name, touch every heart and pull the power of that moment out. And I declare over them in Jesus' name that captives right now are set free and that the oppressed are delivered. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody who, who believes said amen. amen. Can we thank God today? Come on, everybody. Hey, listen, man. Next week, I'm going to tell you where we're going for the next two weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about being the cause of offense. A lot of us are offended. A lot of us are offensive. We'll talk about that next week. And last week, we're going to talk about the things that we should be bothered by, the things that maybe should offend us. So I'll make sure you're here. Bring somebody with you. We'll see you guys. God bless you, man. Have a great week.